Test one, two, test one, two. Welcome to Baby Boomer Tales. I'm Jim. You can find us at babyboomertales.com. Once you've arrived, there are links where you can find the podcast, links where you can support us, or places where you can shop, all designed so we don't have to have commercials during the podcast. little bit of housekeeping here before we start. Episode 153 Hasta la Vista 21. There's a segment called my all-time favorite miniseries. Now, I omitted a miniseries called Harley and the Davidsons. It's from the Discovery Channel in 2016. There were three episodes of that, and it was very, very excellent. And when I did this segment on that podcast, I kept feeling like I was missing something. I was leaving something out. It's one of those feelings, you know. So after it was published and it aired, I came to my senses and remembered Harley and the Davidsons. It's an excellent miniseries. It would have been number five on my top ten. Everything else would have been pushed down one. And that means that Battlestar Galactica is out of here. Sorry about that. Things happen. I didn't really feel good about Battlestar Galactica being on there. Nothing against the miniseries or anything. I just felt like it really wasn't one of my 10 favorites and I couldn't figure out why. So there you go, Harley and the Davidsons. It talks about the creation and the formative years of the Harley Davidson Motorcycle Company. I would recommend watching it any day of the week. The other thing is episode 154, last week's episode, where I'm talking about daydreaming, and I forgot about being a kid and daydreaming over the Montgomery Ward Christmas catalog. Those were some serious daydreams, and I have to include it. I don't know why I didn't think of it while I was recording, but a lot of times something just goes past me on my notes or whatever, and I get off onto a rabbit trail or something, and lo and behold, it's gone. And so I felt an obligation to mention that because a huge part of my life was that Montgomery Ward Christmas catalog. We did not have big department stores or anything up there in that little mountain town. And so that brought a whole world of toy stores right to my living room. And we'd lay there and dream and fantasize and wear those pages right down. They got quite dog-eared. One other thing I said on that episode when we were talking about microwave I said something about who are you and what have you done with my girlfriend when I was speaking about my wife well one thing you need to know if you haven't figured it out already is I may call my wife my girlfriend as often as I call her my wife I love to refer to her as my girlfriend I think first and foremost we're girlfriend and boyfriend And that has kept us being husband and wife for 44 years now. Never quit hugging and holding hands. Trying to steal smooch. Learning to drive in the mountains may be different than driving in other parts of the country. Some of the best methods of teaching me how to drive 
in the snow and the ice and all that we had up there because the joke always was if you lived up there you had three seasons winter summer and mud that's not entirely true winters were very long everyone referred to them as lasting nine months and you could get snow from labor day clear up to memorial day that is a fact but it's not really hard winter summers are beautiful and gorgeous up there springs is what we call mud season up there and almost everybody if you can swing it goes on vacation during that time get away from that never-ending mud it's everywhere it is absolutely everywhere and then falls are not even mentioned in that joke because they are so short but the aspens are beautiful golden quaking aspen against a backdrop of purple mountains and evergreen pine and fir and spruce trees but it lasts a very short time it really does so learning to drive the very best way teach a kid how to drive up there first thing in the middle of the winter take them some abandoned parking lot and just do some donuts go as fast as you can and hit the brakes and turn the steering wheel and see how many circles you can make You'll learn some valuable lessons about controlling a car under those kind of conditions. You learn at an early age to pump your brakes, not just step on them. Have you ever been stopped somewhere and see someone slide right through a stoplight or a stop sign? You know why they're sliding through it, don't you? Their foot is not off of that brake. They're just pushing harder and harder, thinking that will stop them. And all it's done is cause the sled action. And they'll slide right on through and hopefully they won't hit anybody or anything. So you pump your brakes slowly. You don't panic and you will slow down and come to a stop. If you start skidding, you turn into that skid. And yeah, don't hit your brakes, etc., etc. You've got to know how to drive on ice and snow. You get a lot of practice living up there because there's so many months of ice and so many months of deep snow and just keeps snowing even though the state and the towns are very good at removing the snow you're going to be driving on snow for months and months i don't know if these are still legal but back when i drove you get studded snow tires they shoot these studs metal studs into your tires and that really helps gives you traction the problem is you have to have summer tires and winter tires both but that's okay they're worth the money. Anybody that lives in a country of perpetual winter knows what I'm talking about, the snow tires. They saved my life one time. I was going through a canyon, going to Denver, and going through a tunnel, and I came out of that tunnel, and I wasn't paying attention, and hit a bunch of ice as I was coming out of the tunnel, and my first reaction was hit my brakes. Now, believe you me, it is a reaction. It's a normal human reaction to hit your brakes. Hip brakes stop, but that does not help you on ice. And I started sliding sideways, and the river was on my left, snow plow was coming right at me, and a rock mountain was on my right. And those studded snow tires stopped me on a dime. I didn't skid 20 feet. Saved my life, and the guys with me in my truck saved all of our lives. I know it did. One time I was driving going to a night spot up by the ski area and he had to drive on this not on the highway but on this county road and came around a 
corner and there was like an S in the road right in there. And this car that I met came around their corner and started spinning in the road, just circle after circle, donut after donut. Not on purpose, believe you me. And I was with a young lady and all I had time to do was say, hold on. I had no time to move out of this guy's way or anything. He was all over the road, spinning and spinning, and we hit him. And I did have to get my car towed, although it didn't really hurt it as much as it hurt that guy's car. I kind of T-boned him. The other cops came and everything, gave him a ticket, and then the judge released the ticket on him because the poor guy was from Texas and he didn't know how to drive in the snow. My gosh, Judge, he could have killed somebody. Give the sucker a ticket. Maybe he won't think about driving in Colorado mountains next time. If you call that driving, that stunt he was doing. Nothing against Texas drivers, but that guy was out of control. When you go over the mountain passes, you really have to know how to drive in the snow. Number one, you don't want to get in a hurry going downhill. Not at all. Keep her in a lower gear if you possibly can. Pump your brakes. Don't get in a hurry. And don't panic when you come to a hairpin curve. People do go off that mountain. I have a friend. She went off that mountain. The one good thing about going off the mountain on those passes, they're usually not a sheer drop off. You have trees and stuff as the mountain's sloping downhill. But it'll sure unnerve you. That's a fact. And bang your car up. So no matter how much you are accustomed to driving on ice and snow, you do not want to take it for granted at all. Speaking of taking it for granted, I used to have a job where I worked on the other side of the pass. So I had to go over, drive over this mountain pass every day going to work, drive over it going there and drive over it going home. Well, if I was either going to graveyard shift or coming home off swing shift, is about 11.30, 12.30 at night then, and there was no traffic usually. And in the winter time, or any time, I always would kind of time myself, how fast can I get over the mountain? It was kind of a sport and kind of a game. And I only played it at night when there was no traffic at all. And you could hit those hairpin kerns and kind of slide into it and then gun the engine and straighten back out. Maybe have your back bumper hit a snowbank, but it's not hurting anything. You're just trucking up that hill as fast as you can. Now, going up it is a lot different than going down, and I'd only time myself going up. There's no race going down. You'd be very foolish. Now, that may sound irresponsible and childish, and I'm sure it was. That's during the years I referred to myself so often as a man-child. What I was telling you that for is when you know how to drive in the snow and the ice, you do not need to be afraid of it. It's all about control, and usually that's controlling your emotions in your mind, and then you can drive safely. The problem I have here in the Midwest is not so much driving in the snow and the ice, and we get our share of winter weather, but it is the people that are driving around you. We don't get it enough for people to be well-versed in driving in it. And they can go like a bat out of hell, and next thing you see is them in the ditch, or them in a wreck, or them off the side of the road with their wheels sticking straight up in the air. 
That is the dangerous parts, the other drivers. Going over that mountain pass, they would have, when it was really bad, they'd have what was called a chain law would be in effect. And you'd have to put chains on. Believe you me, you do not want chains. Four-wheel drive trucks usually could pass not having to have chains. If you've ever driven with chains on, you just bump, 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 bump. About 15, 20 miles an hour all the way. It is no fun. It has to be hard on your car. But it will get you over the mountain pass. Also, I always put sandbags or some kind of weight in the rear of my pickup truck or our cars back then. Everything was rear-wheel drive back when I was growing up. I did get a front-wheel drive car right before we moved to the Midwest. Those were coming out and it changed everything because your weight is in the front of your car and so it gave you that traction needed. My wife's car today is a front-wheel drive car and she had four-wheel drive forever. Of course, she's not happy with me talking her into getting a front-wheel drive instead of four-wheel drive either, but that's another story for another day. I do want to say one thing, and it's not funny, and it could happen driving over those mountain roads, especially the passes, and that's the avalanches. If you ever caught an avalanche and you lived through it, Dave's mom taught me this little life lesson. If you do live through it, and you need to try to dig yourself out if you're not packed in there so hard, if you can move at all, you spit. Whichever way your spit goes, you dig the other way. Gravity will tell you which way's up. That's a fact. Thank you, Louise. That was some good advice. In the Midwest today, where I live in the northeast Kansas, we really haven't had much snow this winter at all. That doesn't mean that wouldn't dump two feet on us. But a two-foot snow here is very rare where when I was growing up in the north central Colorado mountains, a two foot snow is just that, just two feet of snow. Let's go to school. Wherever you are out there, be careful driving. Thank you for riding along today. I know it was kind of a scary trip up that mountain pass, fast as I could drive. Good thing I invented seat belts. Come along next week, we'll go somewhere a little flatter and a lot more fun, at least for the passenger. Kindness is just a matter of choice. I'll be back next Wednesday. Peace out.